Welcome to the Healing Hearts Podcast with Julie and Sarai, your go-to source for all things dating and relationships. Join us as we explore the intricacies of love, share insightful stories, and offer practical tips to enhance your romantic journey. Whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between, we're here to provide guidance, inspiration, and a fresh perspective. Get ready to embark on a transformative adventure of love and connection. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Healing Hearts Podcast. I am your host, Sarai, and I am joined by Julie. Julie, how are you? Great. How are you? Excited for this episode? I am. We have a very special guest. Um, today, we have Mr. Lamar Jordan. Um, and I met Lamar through the League of Business, which is an entrepreneur networking uh, group in El Paso. And um, he came to my love workshop in February and he had so many questions. He like put me on the spot <laughs> that I was all like, who is this man? And why is he like trying to ruin my workshop right now? <laughs> but um, then after that, he had really good questions that in all honesty, it like made me be a better prepared person when I present to the public. And I reached out to Lamar to start doing the men's meetup because we have a men's meetup every every second Friday of the month. And he has been an instrumental tool to get men to come together and like open up and talk about the real issues that men are facing in today's modern dating world. So welcome, Lamar. Thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> we are excited to have you here. Tell us, Lamar, I know that you have a foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, the foundation is called Pass the Dream uh, here in El Paso. Overall, our goal here is to help the youth to get involved into in the performing arts, such as dance, modeling, and martial arts, and music as well. So we would like to raise funds to uh, sponsor children to the various organizations that we have uh, that we're working with. And that's the goal of Pass the Dream is to help the kids in the performing arts. That's so awesome. Beautiful. I saw an Instagram post about the modeling because that's what caught my eye. The modeling <laughs> and etiquette um, class. And I was like, oh, if my daughter was really like open to it, I would fucking send her to that. <laughs> but what about you, Lamar? Because I know that you are a girl dad. Are you like doing that for your kids or is that like an inspiration um well I am yes I am a girl's dad I have two beautiful daughters Lucera and Luna um the reason why I did the nonprofit is more for I like obviously helping the youth but also from a business perspective and professional um point of view I, it's a startup nonprofit so I've never had an opportunity to actually be a part of a non uh, a startup before so I thought there would be a great way to use some of my talent and some of my educational background to see if I can get the program lifted and to just a uh, I know my daughters like to dance and be in performing arts, so hopefully one day they can get in there. Actually, my daughter is uh, going to school, um, the dance school at Desert Eagle Productions, which is one of the organizations that we're with. Oh, wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's a very proud girl dad. Let me tell oh, yeah. you, every <laughs> single time I see him, he's like talking about his girls and like, He's like, no, 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 don't don't schedule anything for that day because I got my girls that day. I'm like, oh, okay. I do not want to mess with your daddy time. So um Actually, I, I wanted I, to 
step in and say, the first time you actually met me was last year. Was it really? Yeah, you actually don't remember. <laughs> you may not remember this, but- Was I drunk? <laughs> no, um, maybe a teeny bit tipsy, but it was actually <laughs> at the, um, it was at a networking event uh, at the hotel, it's like the, the rooftop hotel downtown at one of the uh-huh. motels. And you were talking to a group of ladies about dating. And then I kind of stepped in and then that's where you were asking me about, you know, do you need a dating coach? And I was asking you questions then. So we actually have ran for that. <laughs> yes. We actually ran into each other several times before the league of business. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, let's see where she's at now with this. Uh, well, drink. yeah, that put me on the spot. I'm like sweating over here. Cause I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, I, when I, after I do events, then I'd have a couple glasses of wine just to kind of relax and they just kind of hit me real quick. So <laughs> I was a little tipsy. Cause I, I, I'm sorry. I really do not remember. Like I do remember meeting you at LOB. Um, but before that, Usually when I was at the hotel, I'm like running around that it's kind of like a blur, uh, <laughs> but it was, I was probably there for an event that I was hosting. Yes. So yeah, that was my, my home, my, my stomping grounds um, before, and then they changed the general manager. So now I, I've moved on to bigger, better things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have a question for you. What inspired you to ask her a bunch of questions? Well, all right, so from my background and just, um, I've always been involved in relationship conversations. Uh, I have a lot of female friends. I've met women, a lot of women throughout life. And I've always engaged in these type of conversations. I love the psychology behind it, um, the back and forth. And so I always remember that first time I met her and me and her actually got into a debate that particular day. And ever since then, I was like, all right, I got to make sure my skills is sharp. So when I met her at the League of Business, I was like, game on, you know, let's see what she has to say. And um, but I always like engaging that stuff. Plus, I, it helps me learn how to be a better partner, better person in relationships to get feedback from another perspective. Because, you know, sometimes your ego has to get deflated for you to grow every now and then. So it was a, a pleasure to speak with her and being in that audience. Nice. That makes me feel so amazing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lamar also joined us for my very first, the very first uh, men's meetup, which was the styling uh, workshop that I had for men, which I was very presently, like very, very surprised of uh, how many men showed up. And um, even though it was a small group, I usually have to like pull teeth to get men to participate. So when I saw that five, more than five people showed up, I was like, oh, wow, this was like a total success. And um, the very next time that I saw him, he's like, what are you going to grade my my outfit? I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. Putting me on the spot again. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been it's been a very like it's been a pleasure to know somebody like you Lamar because as you said when we have these conversations like I'm I'm trying to just kind of dissect the male brain so that if I and not if when I start creating uh or start promoting the men's um coaching program that I've been trying to put together it's something that really resonates with you guys instead of like something that resonates more towards the women because I tried the self-love program 
like with the men and they were like, nope, this is too much. I can't, I can't deal with all this emotional shit. I I'm out. So, um, very few men have been able to, to go through the process of that, but sitting with you guys and having these conversations and allowing you guys to have the space to, to really share has really like, it, it has turned me against being a man hater. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a big feat. Yeah. Cause I used to be called a man hater all the time. And I'm like, I'm not a man hater. I just don't want to be with a man right now. Just because I don't want to be with one doesn't mean that I'm a man hater, but apparently I was perceived as a man hater, but, um, so let's get really into like the gist of why we're here. Okay. Um, what do you think, in your opinion, what are men really looking for when they are looking for a forever partner? So um, I was thinking about this question, and one of the key things is, is, there, is this someone I can have fun with? Because no one wants to be with a boring partner, you know? And like, can you foresee yourself like having fun with this person, doing fun things? Um, you know, that's, you know, just in general, like, do you want to be around boring friends? And then do you want a mate that's just boring? And of course, there's going to be periods of time in a relationship where things are going to be great. And sometimes it's going to be dull. But in a, on average, are you having fun with this person? Are you able to smile more often with this person? It should always be more smiles and frowns in a relationship. When it starts going the opposite, that's when things start to fall apart. Um, good communication. Whether however your communication style may be, can you two communicate? If that communication drops, everything else falters. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's music too, it's, Julie. Everything matters because <laughs> That's uh, especially, as a man, especially as a man, <laughs> if you feel like you can't talk to your spouse, that's going to irritate you all day because you're like, wait a second, I can talk to everybody else, but the one I want to give my, my time, my energy, and my emotions to, and my money, psh, <laughs> uh, I can't talk to you, we're going to have some problems. Um, let's see. The next thing I would say, obviously, someone good with their money, finances. No one wants to be with a broke partner, you know. <laughs> so uh, I definitely would recommend, you know, someone that they they can trust their money with, or they will do the right things. And then from there, I think uh, for the forever partner, can't speak for everyone else, but that's going to be something that has to be clearly defined by that that particular individual if he's uh, emotionally mature enough to understand what he want based on his experiences in life. When do you think that men actually emotionally immature? <laughs> Why are men emotionally immature? No, when do you think that they actually get there? I feel like women get there faster. We're like forced. Well, here's the thing. Men are emotionally mature depending on when, once they understand their, you got to understand a man's, um, how do you say, drive. Mm. and where that man is at in his life because some men are very emotionally mature being a player and mm. if you don't understand that's where that man is at that's cool uh some men are emotionally mature based on what type of relationships they've been in and out of you know if they've been in healthy relationships that have fallen apart of course they're gonna you know depending on when you meet that particular person um you know, he may be able to meet you at that level. And sometimes it may take, you got to give that man a particular time to learn how to be emotionally mature with you as a, as a particular woman, because each man is going to relate emotionally to each woman differently. 
And sometimes that, that, that takes time to kind of develop that, that emotional connection. And then uh, you got to, yeah, you know, that particular drive of where he's at right now, because sometimes men are mostly mature in a lot of different places. But when it comes to romance, it determines like, do I really want a woman in my life right now? And do I really want to commit to bringing this person on board? And, and if I'm, if I'm there, then yeah. But that also takes for that particular man to know exactly what he wants. Where is he trying to go? And if he really wants to bring somebody on board or he just wants to be playing around. So that that's where that take comes from. You need like a horn for your answers. Like, like your answers are so good. This is going to be so helpful for, for guys, women, holy smokes. And so you said like, um good communication somebody to have fun with finances emotionally mature which one do you think is the most important out of all those things that you mentioned like communication yeah Yeah, at the end of the day because if here's the thing about communication and where emotional maturity comes from like the the more you know how one the more you know how to communicate with your partner the easier it is for you to mature with that person the more you trust that particular partner the easiest for you to, to be vulnerable or let out some of the things that you may be shy about so that way you can work with that particular person. And if that communication ain't there or if you feel nervous or if the other person doesn't create or if you're, if you're not able to create an environment in which that communication can freely flow like water down a river, it's, it's going to take longer for it to, to develop and grow. So at the end of the day, if that communication ain't there, especially from, from a woman's point of view, it's like, just tell me what's going on in your head. Well, it's like, all right, well, I might be a particular guy who has a problem with expressing my emotions. So I, it may take me a little longer to tell you how it is because maybe I got some some personal trauma I haven't dealt with. Or maybe I've been I've been used to lying all the time. I don't feel used to, I'm not good at telling you the truth, you know, because now he has to learn how to trust himself. And a lot of issues and emotional maturity comes from a man from within himself. Is he confident? Is he secure in himself and where he's trying to go? Once a man is secure and knows exactly where he got to go, he'll tell you exactly what, he, what you need to know in order to work with him. If he's bullshitting you around or if he's kind of like, you know, he had around, there may be some areas in his life where he has that ambiguity, you would say, and it's kind of it's kind of affecting how he relates for some men. But there's some men, I'll tell you exactly what it is straight up front and it's from others you're going to have to work with. Well, there you have it, men. You heard it straight from the mouth of a man and not just like us telling you every single time, communicate, communicate, communicate. That's um, my favorite word, Lamar. That's my favorite word. Like that's the most important. I think it's the most important thing in a relationship. And I've been married 21 years. So I don't know. That's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that answer. I really do. And we've had, like I said, we've had these conversations before. And when he brings this kind of mentality to the men's groups, it's like, I have one gentleman in that group. And every single time that he comes like this last one that you weren't there, he's like, oh man, I really wish Lamar would have been there so that we could have gotten like a different perspective because there were some really good questions that were brought up. And he's like, and I really wanted to hear um, his perspective of things. And he's been coaching with me for almost a year now. And he came with like no confidence at all to see him now to just being able to go up to a woman and talk to her. And like, right now that's like 
what we're going to be working. He's going to be actively dating and I'm going to be like sitting in the background. So we're going to babysit him when we meet next time <laughs> because we're going to be <laughs> give him the challenge. But uh, it, it was just to see, to hear him say, it was so nice to have another male perspective from and not coming from like the cockiness, but more from the confidence that I want to carry myself in. I was like, okay, he was the right choice to bring into this group. Um, what do you think? Do you believe that any of the stuff that you uh, mentioned when you are looking for a forever partner, are any of those real like turn-ons or turn-offs when you are meeting a potential partner? Or is there anything else that you would consider to a turn off or, or a turn on? A turn on, yeah. I think for me, a turn on would be um, is that woman confident in her own skin? You know, uh, is that woman confident in going about? For me, I'm all about confidence because I'm going, I'm the type of person, I'm a fixer, I ain't gonna lie. So, you know, if oh, I, if I, run into a situation, <laughs> if I run into a situation where I feel like, yo, let me, let me kind of help you get to that level. But if I can get, if I meet someone who's like, yo, I don't need you. Like, oh, dope. Okay, so I can just connect with you. I can just roll with you. Like, you're already on top of your A game. Well, then cool. Well, then let's just have a good time. You, you don't necessarily need me, but so, but you want to be around me. So being in a situation where you're with a partner, you guys are, you know, equally yoked across the board. You don't need each other for money. You don't need each other for entertainment. You don't need each other for friends, but you just enjoy that conversation and that company and you smile with that person. That's a hell of a turn on. Good to know. What would you consider a turnoff then? Um, same things that women have turn off with men, emotionally immature. Um, always maybe depending on, I say emotionally immature, always trying to argue with you, not for the sake of like building something, but just to argue with you for no reason. There's, there's no value into it, but just to try to prove you wrong. Like no man wants to constantly have to be debating and argue with you about every single minor detail, especially if it's not the, the perfect time or place. Um, I think another turn off would turn off would be um, hygiene. Let's keep it real. You know, you don't want to be with no stinky woman. You know what I mean? Just like a stinky man. You don't want to be with no stinky man. So hygiene is important. Um, oh my God. That is, that is completely real. And um, yeah, attitude. Your attitude at the end of the day, most men will overlook a lot of stuff if you got a really good attitude. But a stank attitude? Bruh, you got to let that go. Julie is dying over there. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that with a bad attitude. So, yeah, for me, if you got a nasty attitude, mm -mm, it's a wrap. I don't, even like, I don't even let my daughters have a nasty attitude. I'd be like, look, you got to fix this. I'll let you have your moment. But if you consistently got a nasty attitude about everything, you're always complaining and you're not doing nothing about it to fix it. No, nobody want to be around that. No stanky, right. no stanky attitude. The stanky ass or attitude. <laughs> stanky ass. <laughs> there you go. Double A. No, no stinky double A. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you think that in your experience, because you are surrounding yourself with a lot of women that have a lot of success in their own industry, are successful women a turnoff for men? No. That took you a while. Up to a certain point. <laughs> up to a certain point. So a successful man does not want to be around an unsuccessful woman. 
you know, so I think what happens is that let's say a woman, uh, I'm gonna just use money as a, a foundation because that's usually what it is. If you meet a woman, you know, you're making $60,000 a year, you got a basic job, but you meet a woman that's a CEO, she's making above six figures, she's getting a bag. Now, you may be a confident lover, beautiful relationship, you handle it, you take care, you manage your money, but if she's always trying to push you or trying to put you down just because she makes more money, you know, that, that's going to be where you kind of start messing up. Also, if you're confident in who you are, you ain't really worried about your woman's bag. And at the end of the day, you're like, absolutely. I want you to make some more money because if we're going to collaborate as a partner, yeah, you know, if the situation was vice versa, shouldn't it technically be our money now, right? You know what I mean? So, yes. Yes, no, my, my wife is making more money than me. Like, if I was dating Miss Jeff Bezos, I'd be like, hey, what's up, boo? What you need done today? You know what I mean? I ain't got no you got a billion dollars. That's cool. But which, hey, we can still make this happen. Um, I think the intimidation comes from where a man feels like he has to be, like that old mentality, he has to be the provider. And if he can't be the provider, that mentality, then it, it, it bothers him from his spirit and from a wrong place because society is starting to change. And I feel like relationships now are more about collaborating than necessary one person dominating. And if my wife is, if my wife or, or girlfriend is making way more money than me, I ain't got no problem with that at all. I'm going to be like, Hey, let me hold $20. I know you got it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you shouldn't have a problem with your wife. You should want your wife or your spouse to be as successful as possible. Because another thing I've learned is that usually women who are always on the drive and control and are dominating in their in their work environment, when they come home, they actually might want to be submissive to you because they're always telling other people what to do. They don't want to think. They just want to enjoy and just have a good time with their spouse. Which that was another question that we had for you. Is being submissive really that important and for for a male? I think we have to define what is submissive though. Like what do you, what, what is like, before I answer that question, define submissive and then we can go from there. What is your definition of submissive? Well, what is your definition? I'm the one asking. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> um, no, you answer the question first. You, you, you ask me the question, help me de define what is submissive so I can make sure I can answer the question correctly. Well, like you were just, you just mentioned right now, having somebody that is successful and then she comes home, then she goes into that submissive role, like role. What did you mean by that? Like, is that something that is going to be like a important thing in your relationship or? Is that her coming home and, and having more of the wife role, I'm using quotes, you know, making dinner or, you know you know, just having the, the stand, the old school wife role. Okay. So I'm glad you defined that because that makes it a lot easier to answer this question from a fair perspective. So that old school wife role. Now me personally, I'm not, I don't really subscribe to like my wife got to come home. She got to be cooking. She got to be cleaning. She got to be, you know, traditional wifey, you know, like to me, I'm the type of person I would like to, I would like to collaborate with my wife or my partner. So if she comes home, and I've been home all day or I got the time. Let me take care of whatever needs to get done at the house. Cause baby, like I said, if she's making more money, she's paying the house note. All right, cool. I can make sure I can, I do my part of the situation. Um, but I think the submissive part question has to really be defined by the couple. 
it, it can't, it's not, there's no one standard. So for me, the only time I feel like I would want my wife to be like super submissive or in that particular state is based on like, if we were having a conversation about something or if I've told her a couple of times, like, hey, I need you to do something a certain type of way. And you just, you know, that that's something that's clear to me. Like, I need you to do this like that. And if you agree with that, then yes, you know, submit that type of way. But other than that, I think you have to really define that between the, like the relationship of who you're dating. Because all three of us on this particular podcast have a different viewpoint of what we may be submissive about and how we view it. So it's not an easy thing to answer across the board, but I definitely feel like that should be something that should be talked about, uh, especially in a brand new relationship. You know, what are your ideas of that? And then over time, kind of reevaluate that every so often. We're like, you know, how's everything going in the relationship? And are we doing certain things uh, in which we feel each other are, are, are trying to grow together? So being submissive also, I feel like is a, is like a sub-level of communication. You know what I mean? Because you want to talk about certain things that's like, hey, these are the things that make me feel good. These are the things that make me feel bad. You know, am I going to say, all right, well, let me stop doing certain things so that way you have to make sure you feel good. And maybe I need to pick up certain things to make sure you don't feel bad. And that's just like another form of submitting because you may have to change a little bit because you want your partner to be happy. And sometimes your little quirky faults can get annoying over time. So that's why I got to kind of come back and reevaluate every so often. You know, the same joke you said at the beginning might be lame five months or five days later. So, you know, it takes time to kind of build up and maintain and understand that submissive part. But if you are the man, as a man, if I'm talking to a man, you know, you want your, your partner to have that wifey mentality and status that needs to be addressed straight up up front. And she need to sign off on that day one. If she's not a part of that, let that go because you're putting pressure on her. And if she ain't, and which is going to be, yeah, you're putting unnecessary pressure on somebody who doesn't want that. And as a woman, if you want that, if you want to be home wife status, ask your man up front, like, this is what I'm looking for. Are you going to establish a relationship so I can be the wifey model? And if he says no, and it's okay to just be like, look, that, that ain't what I'm looking for. I'm going to step away. We just going to be friends. But as a woman, bounce ASAP because if you stay long enough then you're going to be salty because you no longer wifey status and you're still dealing with some man that's getting on your nerves <laughs> see this is why I want to be sugar baby status <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to deal with anything no uh, last week we had a really good episode now I'm looking into becoming a unicorn <laughs> okay, okay you know what a unicorn is <laughs> don't tell him <laughs> I kind of got an idea, but when she says sugar baby, I, I gotta, I have no. my own mentality behind that. They're different. They're different. Totally different. Okay. Totally different. You're going to have to wait for that episode. Okay. <laughs> it was a really good conversation though. I learned a lot, but yeah, maybe the unicorn way is the way to go. So Lamar, what makes you fall in love with a woman? Each woman is going to be different. Because I'm going to fall in love with each woman based on how I'm experiencing with that particular person, what I might like about that particular person. There's never going to be one perfect way for me to fall in love. Uh, one that I will say, there are a few things that will have to occur. One, do I feel comfortable with this person? I'm a talker. I'm a Gemini. So we love to talk. And if she don't mind, she's going to have to get used to me just venting about random stuff. If that doesn't occur, I'm going to be like, I can't talk to you. That's immediately boredom. 
You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna fall in love with someone I can't I can't have a good time with, can't communicate with. So that is that is me particularly. Um, what else? I think the other thing would be is someone that's um challenging a little bit, but that may challenge me. Cause no one wants to be with someone that's a pushover, you know, whether male or female. Cause after a while, I was like, all right, now I'm gonna get bored with this. It's like, you know, I want someone that kind of pseudo challenged me in a healthy way, not toxic way. And that goes for both men and women. You know, there's some ways where you can challenge somebody, just be pushing buttons for no reason. And then there's going to be ways where you push buttons because you're trying to make that particular person better, you know, but that has to be acknowledged and understood. Um, a lot of people don't know how to necessarily do it, but it's, it takes time. And then, um, but yeah, it's going to be different with every woman. And have you ever fallen in love? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Good answer. Good answer. Um, well, I had a question that's kind of, um, kind of not part of what I just asked you, but what do you think are the challenges um, in dating in this modern world? Like, what, what are you finding that are challenging? Mm, challenging. Do you think it's easy? like just to date and it's just like oh so easy and you know you okay. find I gotta answer this question from a different angle okay right. I gotta answer this question to make okay if you're gonna as a man if you're gonna do it correctly okay. with all with everything all the bells and whistles when you're dating you gotta have enough confidence to let the person know you're dating that you're dating if you got enough balls hey you know i'm going out here going on a date you know it's first date be like hey i'm about to have a good time with you let you know i am dating you know you gotta because what happens is over time if that other person doesn't know that you're still out there in the field you know she's going to get emotionally attached thinking like yo it's just me and then at some point it should go from all right look i'm dating i kind of narrowed it down narrowed down my roster hopefully you as a woman has narrowed down your roster and you choose each other that's how dating should be there should also be a diff. Uh, there should also be a separation between dating and having sex. Okay. Because oh sometimes that is the first time I ever hear a guy say that. Please continue. <laughs> the reason why you have to clearly define that is because just because a man has sex with you don't mean he's dating, and oh, just because a woman is having a woman is having sex with you mean you're dating because women are players too. You know, you 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 are not the only man on her roster, especially if she's uh, she's pretty, she's out there, she's doing her thing. So it needs to be clearly defined the difference between what is actual dating and if sex. If if you were a partner and you guys say hey, once you have sex, are you still officially dating or is there y'all are you guys you know is it monogamous now? At some point, that conversation needs to be said because if it don't, neither one of you will be out there dating, having sex with different people, and one of your feelings may get hurt once you're like, well, why aren't you talking to me? Well, I'm out here with such and such. And now that other person is thinking like, are you out there also having sex with them? Now you're all mostly attached. So if you want your bells and whistles to be in order up front so that way you never get caught up, tell up up front and keep it moving. But I think that's the hardest part is really being up front when it comes to dating because most people are kind of nervous both male and females to tell the other person you're not the only person on the roster right now. Do you feel okay. that that's because we have a different context of what dating is now? I yes, absolutely. I think 
today is more open. In my opinion, it's more open. It's, it's, it's a more open environment for mm -hmm. both men and women to say, hey, we're dating, we're talking to different people, and there's going to be sex involved. And, I, and the reason why I talk about the sex part is because that sex leads to emotional attachment. Mm -hmm. And some person, not, and it's not always women, will get more emotionally attached than the other if and the, the intention is not clearly defined between you two. So like I have a, a little um, kind of like a little mantra that I was thinking about and it's like, it's DIC. Dick. Yes. <laughs> so drive, you gotta have a good drive between both parties. The drive to one in your personal ambitious life and the drive towards each other intention that intention has to be clear between you two if you guys are in a situationship the intention is is kind of fuzzy then if your intention is actually clear now i gotta drive towards you you know what my intentions are towards you now and we have good communication guess what you're gonna get good dick and you gotta have good dick that on top of that as well so drive intention and communication if those three things are not present it's going to be hard to move that relationship into in such a direction where it's a a true me and you we're not going to take on the world type of situation um and we're together and also if you got bad dick most women ain't gonna want to keep you so no. you, gotta, you gotta make sure the dick game is on point too so that's there oh my god i love that i i equate that to having attention intention attention intention and investments is what i tell my girls is yeah he's giving you the attention but what is his intention? And is there an investment? Because if you don't have all three, then what the fuck are you doing? When are you, when, sorry, when are you laying all this out? So when you're on a date with someone, are you just coming to be like, I'm gonna give you a good dick? <laughs> yeah. Lamar, is that what you're saying? You're just coming out and like That's his pickup line. <laughs> that is not my pickup line. <laughs> not been terrible. <laughs> been not, that's not day one conversation. You know what I mean? That's if like day one conversation when you first start dating, it should just be like, you know, like the basic questions, you know, you know, what are you into? Trying to get to know that person and trying to see if you can establish having fun. In my opinion, like, can I have fun with this person? Over time, when one of you are starting to feel or both of you starting to feel like, hey, I'm, I want to invest more into you then you're going to start having more of these serious, serious conversations. So for each couple, that's going to be at a different point in time. So there's no like perfect one day, like day one, I'm going to come in and tell you, look, girl, I'm about to give you this dick. I'm about to give you this drive, this attention, this communication. And you're like, she's going to be like, well, wait a second. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Like that's overbearing. Like you're coming too strong right away. You know, like, hold on. I, I barely even know you. I don't even know your faults yet. That's another thing. It's like, People rush into relationships, but you know you're dating that person's faults. You're like, yeah, let me jump in this relationship. Let me get emotionally attached to you. It's two months in. Oh, but uh, you know, I'm like, wait, a gambler. Or you know what? Um, I got a uh, I got a drug habit. Or you know what? Um, I still like, I still like talking to a whole bunch of women. I'm a cheater. Or you know what? I got um emotional attachment issues. Um, you know what? My feet stink all the time. Uh, I don't always um, clean up my apartment, or um, I, I might be. Like you know what I mean? I might be a mama's boy. 
you don't know what thoughts you date. Same thing for a man. You don't know what her thoughts are yet. You know, she might be, you know. Thank you. <laughs> she could be naggy. She could be baggy. She could be clingy. Um, she can be, you know, annoying. She may always be wanting to fight you. She may not be good with her money. Um, she may have unclear expectations that you're never going to find out till it's too late. Yeah. You want to like, what the hell is this? Like, why aren't you telling me this? She may have communication. She may got daddy issues. She know what I mean? She may be uh, putting baby, you know, baby father pressure on you. And like, I just met you. Like, why am I going to pay for all your kids' crayons? Like, <laughs> first of all, why don't you got these crayons in the first place? I just, I just met you at the, I just met you at the spot. I'm already paying for your kids' school supplies. So yeah, man, you know, be careful who you attach yourself with. Don't necessarily jump into a relationship right away. Find out what them faults are. Cause that's what you also date. Yeah. Do you agree that date one is mainly, cause this is what I out. Cause especially when like women have, haven't dated in a very long time and they're getting back out into the dating scene. I always tell my, just think of date one being your reason to go on date two, find a reason to go on date two. Any reason. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I don't find any reasons. So I never go on date two. But um, I, I don't remember who I heard this from. And it's like, date one is just to figure out, do I want to go on date two with this person? What do you think about that? Absolutely. It's the interview process for both men and women. It is a straight up interview like, hey, let's go out. Let's see how this works. But you also have to understand that date one is like the first time you go into a clothing store. You know, you might first time you go in there, you're looking around the racks. You're like, oh, there's a, there's a few cute things here and there. But you may not right, right away be feeling it. But you go back in the next day, they got a brand new shipment. And you're like, oh, man, this store got everything I need. What happened yesterday? Well, because the shipment ran out. And that's what dating is like. When you first go on a date, you just met this person. You already know this person may not be able, especially I'm an extrovert. And when you date uh, an introvert, really? <laughs> you know, when you if you're going to date an introvert, she's not going to come out and be like, wow, I'm going to give you everything that makes me turned on. You know, you're going to get a very small portion of that and vice versa. Uh, if you're a date, if you're an extroverted woman and you meet a man who's an introvert, he may not be quick to like show you his romantic side. He may not be quick to show you how how smart or intelligent, how much he's willing to invest because he's also looking at you like, okay, let me see what you have. So I think you should at least go on at least three dates. Yeah. At least three. And by the third date, by that time, y'all should be comfortable. And in between those dates, you should obviously be communicating, talking, texting, memeing, whatever, trying to find a way to make the person smile some way, somehow. Uh, so after three dates, then like, all right, I think I can keep going. But if you just only go on date one, especially you never know what might particularly happen. That person's car might break down. That person may be having some issues at work, but he's still committed to come see you that day. So he got that fog of emotions or vice versa with her. Her kids might be sick or she might be going through something at work or uh, or his, his kids might be sick. And you meet on that day one and now you got all this pressure to try to entertain and make this person be like, yo, am I worth day two? And you're like, dang, you know, it was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kick the field goal that time but I still want to give you more and I show you, I want to give you more. So I think what happens after date one is like, is that person still trying to communicate? Is that person still trying to like say, Hey, you're worthy to me. I want your attention. You want my attention. Let's see if we can make it day two. Let's see how we can make it better. Ooh. <laughs> Julie wants a horn for every. <laughs> I want a horn for your answer. Um, so 
this is kind of off kind of what we're talking about, but why do you think it's hard for a man to be vulnerable with women or you know, with a woman? What is your perspective um, on that? Okay. Now this is layers here. Okay. Now, like I mentioned before, does he trust her? Because at the end of the day, whether it's your friend or whether it's your partner, do you trust that if I tell you something, you ain't gonna turn back around later on and use it against me? That's the reason why a man may leave a good woman. You know, if I if I'm trusting you certain things or how I feel about certain things, and then you turn around and use it against me later because they're like, oh dang, you know, uh, can he trust them? The other thing is, is he securing himself? Different men um, have different life experiences where they learn how to trust themselves and know what they want. You know, um, also what is, now you may not know it, but what is his real intentions or what is his drive? Because if he's a player, I'm not gonna tell you the truth. I'm not gonna tell you everything. I'm only gonna give you so much of what I think you need to know. But if he's really trying to be with you, he's gonna probably give you a little bit more because the end goal is that I'm gonna give you this information about myself so that when we can work together, you can see why I may be maneuvering or not doing certain things right away is because this is kind of maybe a fear that I have or uh, some trauma that I may have dealt with or just some things that I'm kind of hazy about. I need a little bit more time to know that if I tell you these things that, okay, I know I can build with you. So I think that's a part of it where that man has to be secure with himself, but also trust you enough that he can tell you something and that you, you're not going to use that against him and that you may be able to do something with it. Because sometimes you, you meet a woman, you can tell her some stuff, but it's just like, duh, she don't know what to do with it. She don't know what to say with it. She's like, ah, well, yeah, it just ding dong. Same thing as a woman to a man. Like for you to be vulnerable with a man, you got to trust him. So if that trust factor ain't there, rap, you're never going to get vulnerable from either side, bottom line. And then the other thing is just, um, you know, is he or she securing himself? And that takes layers too as well. Now, some men, they, you know, they are all the way okay with their emotions. They'll tell you ever, whatever they, everything on their minds. Some men, they're not going to be quick to tell you emotions because vulnerability is like a weakness. I don't want you to come back or I don't ever want to be in a situation where I feel weak. So as a woman, you got to always, if you know you're dealing with a man like that and you want to get his emotions, make sure that particular man is, is still feeling like he's empowered when he gives you this information. You know, you got to know how to play a man's ego. We do it all the time. We know how to play your egos. You got to know how to play ours to get what you want in a healthy way, non-toxic way. So I want to clarify that. Um, because that's how, that's how you get uh, manipulations. That's how you get, um, you know, yeah. And a healthy So then way. how, how, I mean, uh, you're probably going to have to snitch here a little against your fellow mates, but how would you think that, or what advice would you give to a woman if she has a partner that is being vulnerable with her, but maybe he is the player and he's just using it to his advantage to get what he wants. What would be a good thing for her to maybe look out for so that she doesn't fall for the trap? Is there like a, a giveaway? If he's good, no. Well, damn. <laughs> um, the, this is where a woman needs to know exactly what she wants and if she's not getting what she wants, get out. Well, what if she is getting what she wants because this person's giving her everything that she wants and an, uh, every other girl 
what they want. So basically, you want to know how you catch a man cheating. I don't. Not cheating. Not you, not you particularly, yes. But what is, what's the best advice to help catch a man cheating? If a man is that good, you're not going to, you're not supposed to ever catch him. Because at the end of the day, is to make sure you feel like you're number one. And if you, if, you, if he's doing right, you're not going to ever find out. It's when he gets greedy and gets sloppy, that's when you find out. When he starts, you know, getting too close to home, trying to cheat with your friends. And that's usually at the end of the day, you're going to get find out. A man's going to mess up if he gets greedy. That's usually where it occurs. But other than that, if he's really good at what he's doing, you're not going to find out. And the same thing for a man to a woman. Because women be doing the same thing. You know what I mean? The game is the same. Like, ask yourself as a woman, if you knew how you're not going to get caught in cheating or dating another dude, what do you think the man is doing? What are the best ways for a woman to cheat to not get caught? It's the same game for a man. So y'all already have the answers for where, when y'all out here being players yourselves, not to say you, Julie, but just for the women out there that are players and doing their thing, or women who have had multiple men or dated multiple men to make sure that the other dude didn't get caught, what do you think that man is doing to make sure you don't get caught or find out? Why you become a unicorn. See, it comes back oh. to the damn unicorn. <laughs> there she goes, the unicorn again. Are you, Julie? I'm going to do it. I'm I know. Do it. I know you are. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about it so we can do it. You're going to have such great content for the podcast. Yes. Um. You said something. I was going to ask a question. Damn, I went blank because the unicorn. She got all up. excited about the dang oh. unicorn again. Oh, I remember. So then what, because you're saying be very clear from the very beginning if you're dating multiple people. But let's say you are a guy that wants to have a committed relationship and they find somebody that they have that connection with. And, um, he attempts to have the conversation of monogamy, but it just doesn't land how he wants to land. And she continues to date other men. And you kind of just move on with your life because I, I don't know, your ego gets broken or whatever, deflated. What do you, what do you think of women that that they do have their game and they are dating several men. Like, does that make her less of a woman or is it kind of like a badass move? So does it make her less of a woman? No. And you're like in a guy's eyes or like in the guy's perspective. So that's what they want. It depends. Like, so in this situation, okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, let me just speak freely. Okay. So from a man's perspective, if a woman's out there, all, you know, doing her thing, she's dating everybody at the end of the day, she got to be careful though, because still society is going to see her. If she's out there, not only dating, but she's banging a whole bunch of dudes from a man's perspective, you're going to see it as a hoe. Cause men are hoes too. You know what I mean? So as a man, do I want to be known by, do I want to be known dating this particular woman? who I knew everybody out in the club had already been hit because she out there, she wanted to game them. You know what I mean? Cause she thought that was the best move to play. So what if she like, tells you I'm not sleeping with them. I'm just dating them. Then she lying. If she, if, if a woman tells you that and she slept with the other, if she, if she actually did sleep with them, 
and she ain't got enough balls to tell you, yo, I bang this other dudes. What else she gonna lie about? You already know. It's the same thing as a man. It's like, who else are you dating? Did you bang him? If he can't tell you that you bang him, what else he gonna lie about? You know what I mean? So it's kind of at the end of the day, do you want to be with someone who can't give you the truth? Now you got the foundation. Now you got to go back to trust. Now why should I be vulnerable with you when I know you're not going to tell me the truth and I got pictures of you, girl, because my dudes are sending me the pictures in Instagram and you got caught because you got sloppy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you got set up. So, I mean, at the end of the day, and maybe I might have pulled up on you or whatever. I caught you. So, now, now why don't we vulnerable with you? Label. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, at the end of the day, it's you got it. Got it depends on the woman. If you if you got enough balls to be out in the street, you got to be like that all the way through. So what game you gonna play? Like one of the books I always tell every man or woman to read is the Artist Deduction by Robert Greene. In that particular book, it gives you the different personalities of the different player types. And once you go a particular route, you got to stay that route. You got to be that particular person because that's the brand. Just like in the business world, the dating world is the same. What is your brand when you go out in these streets? Yeah, you fine, you cute, but your pussy got so many miles on it. It's like, well, what? What am I gonna do with this? You know what I mean? The brand is kind of tainted. Same thing with a man. You know what I mean? Like, what am I gonna do with this? With his? With, with this? When I know you didn't slept with everybody, and you got my cousin, my third, fourth cousin. I can't date you now because everyone gonna be like, why are you dating him? Because you know he didn't date everybody. You know what I mean? So it's it, it's gonna it's all based on your brand and what you're willing to put out there. Now, more most likely, if you kept it real, most men gonna like that shit. They're gonna be like, oh well, shit, she kept it real. I already know what it is. She telling me the truth about it, then cool, I can accept it. And if I'm willing to accept it, so then if another dude asks me about it, like, man, you know she slept with everybody. I know she's good in the bed, bro. That's why I kept her. I snatched her. Up. I didn't keep her. You know what I mean? That's y'all law. Somebody gonna snatch it up. Like, yo, she, woo, she's super champion. Like, I'm gonna keep this one. <laughs> No, no. Oh, that's hilarious. Julie, you were going to ask a question? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just recently started um, reading the book of Dating in Captivity. I think that's what it's called. Okay. And it's, her name is Esther Peril, which is the same author of uh, The State of Affair. And she kind of became a huge thing because she talks about cheating and what leads people to cheat. But her first book is talking about dating in this kind of new world where there's so many like rules that it leads people to do certain things that they don't, don't want to do because there's no other way out is how she kind of, I haven't finished the entire book, but that's where I'm at right now. And she's talking about like relationships and when people have been married for a very long time, um, how we kind of make our own, our own boundaries when it comes to like our relationships, our uh, rules, our whatever, and uh, how we think that they're so unique, but in reality, it's like the standard and nobody wants to move from the standard. And the reason I started reading that is because the the last time that we had a guest, uh, she brought a total different concept of what dating or just letting love be love can mean if we just kind of dropped all of the societal 
at least that's how I took it. All of these societal like norms and just being with the people that we want to be. And um, so what do you think, Lamar, our new generations and where this dating world is, where do you think this is heading towards to? Are we going to let go of like the norms and what our parents and grandparents kind of grew up with or are we going to tweak it or like where do you think this is all going marriage is going to crumble the idea of a sanctuary uh, or the idea of getting married is going to um not be important anymore because um i think in the long run for men historically i think and i don't speak for everybody but just from from my experience from reading and seeing things that at the end of the day, and when the marriage is ended, usually the man is usually loses out the most when it comes to like financial. And so one of the biggest things that for a man or might lose access to his kids, usually men get played the most when from when it comes to divorce. But then on the flip side, you know, there's obviously there's women that, yes, there's a whole big thing behind that. But also women don't also don't want to be necessarily stuck and committed because why I want to stay committed to a guy that might beat me or anything like that. That doesn't prove me just being married, I, there's no way for me to get out of bad situations. And I think uh, in the past, people stuck together, no matter how good or bad the relationship is. And now our society has realized that that's not healthy. I don't want to stay in a toxic marriage for the rest of my life. I need to get out. And so I think that's going to continue to happen. We're going to see less and less people getting married. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more probably in the, in the United States, polyamorous relationships. I think that's going to be there where either one a woman is going to have multiple dudes that's taking care of her openly compared to being just like a, uh, a sugar baby on the side uh, and vice versa. Men are going to be, it's going to be more open to have multiple women because it's like, well, I like him. I, I like him too. He's able to still make us both feel good. So once the idea or moving into place where people don't have to feel guilty, that is probably the reason why people don't want to, when you're if you're out there in a relationship, you do something wrong, you don't want to tell your partner something because you're feeling guilty. And then that becomes a spiral, spiral, spiral. And then after a while you accept the guilt, then you just do things you're not supposed to do. So removing the guilt or ashamed. Guilty, ashamed, all of the above. It, it's gonna keep it all adds to each other. So I think relationships and dating is gonna move into a place where the boundaries are gone, where no one has to feel guilty about nothing. There's no accountability. Like, yeah, I dated you. I ain't like you. So what? Bye. Next. Bye, boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you like, well, dang, I, I did all my, I did all this emotional investment into you. And I thought you were liking it. And you just bye. You just did. Because you ain't did what you haven't gone to your therapy. You know what I mean? So uh, I do see therapy is gonna be more um there's going to be more therapists needed uh, because people are going to get burnt out in this bound, this boundlessly or no boundary relationship dating because people are going to still get emotionally attached. They're going to get hurt because people are going to take advantage of other easier and not feel as guilty or ashamed because it's like, so everybody's doing it. So what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I dated you and I dated your friends. So what? You, well, wait a second. Dang. Like, but you knew I told you like, don't date my friend or don't even try. And then as a friend, why'd you date her? All types of stuff is going to occur. So I think it's just going to get more people are going to be more hurt, mostly traumatized. And um, I would say with that being said, and this is going to be kind of crazy to say, but more people are going to physically get hurt. Because when somebody's emotionally damaged or hurt, 
And some people who can't control their emotions, they will they'll take action upon that person physically, man and woman. So I think it's going to just be a little bit more dangerous out there today. Well, damn. You you said something that um, Julie and I were having this conversation and something that came up in one of our classes was the topic of commitment. And I got into like a debate with the teacher because, and then Julie made a comment that I was like, oh, hell no, you did not just say that. Um, that really like triggered me. And I, I like, after we finished that class, I was like getting ready. And I was like, why, what words does she use that were like really triggering to me? And it was the whole, like, we have no commitment. Do you believe that the word commitment? When, wait, did I shake my head when I said that though? Did I go like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the word commitment and the definition of commitment is changing with younger generations? No, I think that at the end of the day, commitment is commitment. It's, uh, I feel like if you, when you and your partner are choosing to say, hey, I'm going to be committed to you, um, it's, it's, it's still the same. Now, will things be, well, Situations happen that test the commitment, absolutely. And this is where why I go back to the communication and the intention and the drive. You know, if the communication is there, I the both partners might be able to work things out. If there's an interference in that communication, you need to start identifying what's interfering in this communication so you can make sure that commitment stays uh, true. If the communication falters. Is that intention still strong between both of you to make that happen? Because if the intention is there, it, you're going to work harder to work through the communication. That's why we have couples therapy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Is the drive still there? If any of those three things break down, if the drive to want to stay intentional towards you, the communication is going to drop. All that starts dropping, it, it, it's not going to be there. The commitment is going to be harder to maintain. So commitment, it's, it's going to be the same no matter what, because we commit to all types of stuff, even outside of relationships. We commit to like going out. We commit to trying to look good. We commit to our careers. Commitment's the same, no matter how you look at it. But when it comes to relationships, I think it's going to be harder because there's more options for you to even just get out and try something new again. Some people are going to be addicted to where, hey, you know what? First sign of this thing doesn't work out, I'll quit. I don't have to deal with this. Then you never learn how point. to get past that. That was my point, is that there's more options. So we're less likely to commit these days because you could do so many things you don't have to get married and have that long life commitment with someone or your long-term commitment with someone you could just be like oh you know today I want to date you and tomato and you know it didn't work out today or tomorrow so now I'm and or you could be with somebody for a long time and you don't have to make that commitment we just have a lot of options so that was my point on commitment it's like there's more options and then um, in addition, so like, but the ideal, the ideal situation, and I believe in dating is to find someone who's going to stay committed to you to the end. That's the end goal. That's a long time. No one ever knows where the end is. You know what I mean? So that's what it's like. How do I determine? Like, y'all might live, both live to be 105 years old. You know, y'all eating, y'all vitamins, y'all working out, y'all having a good time. And you know, that's why we always clap at weddings when we're like, who's been married for more than 50 years? They're like, <laughs> everybody clapping, but everybody know like, man, you know, they've been through some shit. 
<laughs> you already know who's been named more than 70 years. You just get that round of applause. Like, you know, she got tired of his ass. And you, that's why he ain't talking right now. Because you know that person stay committed with that individual. And we're all striving to get that. But because of a society now with dating apps, with the, the changing of attitudes, also, I don't say this, I don't mean this in a negative way, with women feel more empowered to be like, yo, I don't have to stay in a crappy relationship. So it's like everyone now feels empowered to not have to stay in a crappy relationship. But then at the same time, no one's learning the skill set on how to fix a crappy relationship based on what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So that's why commitment is being challenged because there's not a lot of teaching and educating on how to, hey, we hit a hurdle. How do we lift each other up instead of and just quitting? Like, I'm out. Yeah. Instead of just quitting, how do we not quit on each other? How do we train ourselves? Are we doing all the different things? And then who are, and who is, who do we hang around? What is our influences? Are the people around you, are the type of people quitters, they're going to give you advice on a quit unless that person is really emotionally mature and say, look, like I'm a quitter, but I don't want you to quit. You should obviously, whoever you're dating, the people around you should want to support you to be in that relationship. But if you got people around you who say, no, you don't want to be in a relationship, but they just doing it because you're a friend, they may or may not necessarily give you all the type of advice on how to stay committed unless they know like, yo, this is toxic. You, you, you need to do something or get out because it's burning you out. And this is for both men and women. And I think that's the reason why commitment nowadays is being challenged more because we have more influences challenging us. We have, you know, I, especially social media, we have crazy unrealistic expectations on relationship nowadays. Crazy. Yeah. And, and we're bump, subconsciously bombarding ourselves thinking like we all got to be Jay-Z and Beyonce's out there. When some of us really just want to be solid partners in the background, just taking care of handling things. And one person expect, well, I need you to be bells and whistles all the time. Like, girl, if you don't shut your ass up, like, no, that ain't gonna happen every day. Or vice versa, girl, I need you to be a trophy wife 24-7. That takes a lot of work and money. You know what I mean? So if you ain't got the bag to support a trophy wife, don't expect it. Got it. <laughs> there she goes again. <laughs> the only reason I was asking that was because in that conversation that Julie and I were like having it was brought up the whole concept of yes, commitment does still exist, but the amount of time that you're willing to invest in a relationship might be shorter because like you said, the fact that women do not have to depend on men on a lot of things now has made it so much easier to say, you're not treating me right. You're not giving me what I need and what I want. Fuck you, I'm out doesn't matter like if I love you so much or not if you're not and, and the other thing is like there's so much information about sometimes I feel like it's misinformation about what a healthy relationship should really look like because I've been on the side of Instagram and on the side of TikTok of how men are being programmed in regards to what a vulnerable or like an emotionally vulnerable person is or man is or how to talk to women or how to get that woman and I'm like what the fuck are you guys talking about I'm like I would never touch a man with a 10-foot pole if he ever approached me that way so it's just one of those things that I feel like and I'm not meaning it like women are smarter but I just feel that women have really elevated themselves and men have really stayed behind and they're not willing to meet us anymore at where we're at because for whatever reason it might be 
that now I hear a lot of women saying there's no good men out there. So I want to jump in on this. I want to jump in on this. Oh, I want to eat this up. Okay. So that goes back to the unrealistic, the unrealistic, unspoken expectations that sometimes women don't tell a man until it's too late. Or you're expecting certain things from a man and, and that if the man is telling you, oh, no, that's not me. But you keep pushing it, pushing it. He's a good man. He's a good man. But because you can't communicate this to this particular man, and then the man is also, like at the same time, man, men will, once a man gets emotionally invested, he may step his game up. You know what I mean? He may step his game up because he don't want, he's like, oh, I like this. So yeah, I'm going to step my game up. But if you feel like, yeah, I can, if I do this, I'm going to still get the same result that I'm getting right now. I'm not going to get nothing new, nothing better. It's like, well, what's the point? Just because you think you stepping your game up, you really, you may think you stepping your game up, but you might just be average to him. You know what I mean? Sometimes women get this idea that, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm boss bitch. I'm Barbie out here. But in reality, you're just a brat's dog. And you think you are that, but you really ain't. And as a king, I don't got to show you all my cards. And as a queen, you don't got to show me all my cards, your cards neither. So I'm fair with that. But at the same time, as a king, if that woman is, and this is where it kind of goes back to as a man. And I heard this from watching a lot of alpha male videos, but I thought this one was really good at this point. Don't even start dating until you know where you're trying to go. And when you start dating, you want to find a woman that's going to compliment you. And if that woman can't compliment you. Who cares if she's thinking she's doing all that? Because she ain't complimenting where you're trying to go. And the same advice for a woman. If that man doesn't compliment where you're trying to go with your life, all right. But if you ain't got that in your head and you got these unrealistic expectations and unspoken expectations, because sometimes women will be sitting out here like, yeah, he ain't doing any all this. But you ain't tell him. He's supposed to know all this. No, we are not mind readers. And if we read your mind, we'd probably be like, I'm out. Because you got some crazy <laughs> shit going on your head and you unspoken expectations. Yeah. So it, it ain't always I, not I, good. I, we just not, we yeah. don't always know what's going on. You know, that's one of the things that communicate, communicate, communicate. I'm communicating to you, but you're not communicating with me of this unspoken expectations. Or you're communicating half of this shit to me. And also, give me some time. Sometimes it may take a minute for me to adjust. Also, I might want to do it my way. Sometimes you may think, yeah, I want you to be like this. Like, no, that's not how I do it, though. So you got to understand what type of man you got. And if you don't understand what type of man you have, you can't necessarily expect him to be doing certain things. You might got you an Aquaman, but you but you, but you, you want a man to look like Flash. Like, no, nah, nigga, I move, I, no, I move under the ocean. I move smooth. This is how I do it. You got to appreciate me the way that I am. You can't have a dog expectations on a dolphin. Like, no, nah, I'm a dolphin. I'm still beautiful. This is how I flow. But you, you can't get mad at a dolphin uh, at a dog because he don't he don't speak dolphin language. And that's sometimes how we communicate. You know, women come and you like, I need you to be like this. Like, well, no, nah, I'm you know, I'm over here. Why are you not over here? Well, this is what you signed up for. And now you mad at me because you want to switch it up without telling me? All right, then bye, you go on your merry way. Like, I don't need you. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm like, uh, I mean, I think this whole entire podcast has been like, you want a great relationship, learn how to fucking communicate. But um, we could go on and on for hours because you have a lot of great insight. 
last question for you. That's gonna hopefully it's an easy one. Okay. <laughs> if you could put it in three simple things or words, what do men really want? I was gonna say dick. <laughs> <laughs> They want dick too. Um, I want the DIC. <laughs> um, three simple words. What do men really want? Now I got y'all ladies thinking about good dick, right? Um, yeah, I'm going to start using that. <laughs> Fun. Builder. And patience. Mm. You want someone you can have fun with. You want someone you know you can build with. Especially if you're dating a hunter, someone who has goals, ambitions, drive, that's that's up there and knows where he's trying to go. And then when he's like, yo, I'm looking at you like, can we build together? And that, that's something I, I wanted to bring up in, in relationships. Can you build with this person? You know what I mean? Like, can you actually Look at this person and say, can we build something outside of the bedroom? Can we can we actually and learn how to invest in each other outside of our romantic relationships? Can we build? Because some, a lot of times you learn how to grow in a relationship when you're building something outside of YouTube. And then patience, because I got to get to know you. You got to get to know me. It takes time. Uh, for a human, it takes nine months to be born. Why do you expect to have this amazing relationship before the first nine months? Like I'm still getting to know you. I'm still getting to learn you. And over time, you're going to change and I'm going to change. So you got to have some level of patience. We can't, you know, especially today in our microwave society, the idea of patience ain't there. So a lot of times women, you, you expect the man to come in just like, bam, I love you, girl. This is going to be ever forever. I'm going to give you all this attention all the time. Nah, you're going to have to wait a little bit because I'm going to test you too. Just like you tested me as well. And long-term relationships are going to be tested, which means you got to be patient with each other. Sometimes a man make a mistake. It might take him a minute to be like, ah, you know, this is, I fucked up. I messed up. You know what I mean? And it's going. it might take him a minute to come back and, and come back and say, build from that. He may not say it. He may do something different to try to build up and to make for it. And vice versa. A woman might mess up, might say some things that might really hurt your feelings. You crush your soul. It might take a minute for her to realize, like, damn, I really, I really broke this man. And you, it may take patience for it to build back up. So, fun, building, and patience. Beautiful. Well, there you go. And good dick. And good, gotta get that good <laughs> dick. Gotta get that good dick. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Straight from the mouth of a man, because I cannot, I, I. How many times have we said the same thing, Julie? And like when we coach people at, and sometimes they're like, they kind of, I know that I've had clients where they're like, they do great forward movement and then they meet somebody and they just go back to old patterns right away. Um, so thank you so much for your time. This was very insightful. And I, now I'm going to go around and be like, I'm looking for a good dick. <laughs> <laughs> you had uh, great... I need to bring that one up. 
Oh, I said he had great insight. Your answers were amazing. And I think that this was an amazing episode. This is probably yeah. one. Well, thank you so and much. Lady, I was excited yes. to be on the show. Um, I really do appreciate the opportunity to come and speak. And I hope that uh, that both men and women can take from this conversation something positive that they can move forward with in building beautiful relationships out there in society. Amen to that. And, and lady, before, yeah. hold on, hold on, before, because I, this is how I'm going to like pimp him out. He's oh, single. That's, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, uh, are you single? Because you seem ready. You seem ready for fun, builder, and patience to come your way. <laughs> good dick. And good dick. No, he's well, gonna, I don't want good dick. I, oh, he's going to give like, good dick. You know? <laughs> I don't want good I dick. <laughs> But yes, well, last time I checked, he was single. So for those women that tell me that there's no good men in El Paso, this is what I mean when I call you on your bullshit and say, bullshit, you're just hanging around in the wrong circles. That's all it is. Because yeah. I have met them and I surround myself by them. And I can attest that there are men out there that are trying to do the work to be better, to understand you, to have a healthy relationship. And you want to know what an emotionally available and a mature, mentally mature man sounds like. You just heard this entire episode. So, thank you, you so go. much. Thank you so much for your time, Moore. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Healing Hearts podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. See you at the next one.